0: Satisfaction if they help us out. You have to thank this person who, for example, began to carry you and care for you. And they were thankful to the King of Abyssinia. Why? Is the name of خَزْنُ اللَّهِ. of أهل بيت رسول الله. I ask Allah for forgiveness from the name of Allah, the We have reached. The 35th chapter from the Holy Quran, Surat Fatir, which was revealed in the holy city of Mecca with 45 verses. The initiator or the creator is the name and the title of this chapter and it takes its title after the very first ayah within the 35th chapter as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Alhamdulillahi Fatiris Samawati Wal Ard Glorify and praise, thank Allah who is the initiator of the heavens and the earth There are many important aspects that we ought to Pay attention to before we engage with the tafsir of this chapter. One is, there are five chapters within the Holy Qur'an, five surahs within the Holy Qur'an that begin with Alhamdulillah. And I will briefly explain insha'Allah what Alhamdulillah means. This great statement, one of the most powerful statements that a human being can utter is Alhamdulillah. Allah begins five chapters within the Holy Quran with Alhamdulillah. Number one is Surah Al-Fatiha, chapter two, chapter one. Number two is Surah Al-An'am, chapter six. Surat Al-Kahf, chapter 18, Surat Saba, chapter 34, and Surat Fatir, chapter 35. What do they all have in common besides the fact that they all begin with Alhamdulillah? What do they all have in common? Hmm? Besides Alhamdulillah. What else do they all have in common? They are all sent down in Mecca. They were all part of the revelation of the holy city of Mecca. And you have been informed in the past several nights of the extreme difficulties of the Muslim community in Mecca. Yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when He begins to address their difficulties when he sends wahi to speak to the Muslim community, he begins with with what? Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Which tells me and you that when we are in a difficult situation, when we suffer, the first thing that we must do is count our blessings. Today, I've lost my job. Today, I have pain, I have an illness. Today, I suffer from depression. Today, I may have lost a loved one. The first thing that I do is either I start complaining and whining and saying life is horrible. Life is mistreating me. I have the worst life ever. I have the worst luck ever. Why doesn't this ever happen to anyone else? Why do all the miseries fall onto me? Or I can say, Alhamdulillah. I count my blessings and I say, I am blessed. I have health. I have wealth. I have money. I can pay my bills. I have a roof on top of my head. I live in a secure community. I'm not afraid that, you know, One day I will be attacked and killed. I live in a country where where it has freedom and democracy and equality. I enjoy my family, I enjoy my parents, I enjoy my children. So the first thing that I do in a difficult situation is I must count my blessings, the blessings of Allah onto me. And Allah says, look, you're not going to be the only one that's being tested in this life. وَلَنَبْلُوَنَّكُمْ Every single one of you, every one of my creation, everyone that comes to this earth, before they leave, in their 50 years, in their 70 years, in their 100 years, in their 1000 years, if they live like Nuh, for example. وَلَنَبْلُوَنَّكُمْ We will test you all, min مِنَ الْخَوْفِ وَالْجُوعِ وَنَقْصٍ مِنَ Amwali wa وَالثَّمَرَاتِ We will test you in every way. With poverty, with hunger, with fear. In every possible way you can think of, you will be tested. And then, وَبَشِّرَ الصَّابِرِينَ Their test, the test is you have to be patient. You have to have sabr. وَبَشِّرَ الصَّابِرِينَ This is your test, وَلَا and when Allah says wala it comes from the root word balaa meaning you've been tested so how do you come out of this test you either come out of this test as a failure or no you pass the test you either pass it with an A or you pass it with a D plus it depends how do you want to pass if you want to pass with an A plus then what do you do? Number one, you count your blessings. Number two, you do not complain. And number three, you say Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillahi fissarra'i wa dharrra' Alhamdulillahi ala kulli hal. Just like the Prophet Ayyub. What happened to the Prophet Ayyub? The Prophet Ayyub was tested. You see, when I'm tested, I'm tested sometimes with poverty, then it passes. Then with health, then it passes. Then with family issues, then it passes. Then losing a loved one, and it passes. True? But Ayyub was tested with all of them at the same time. With his health, with his wealth, with his reputation, with his family, with his children. He lost everything. Ayyub lost his children, one after another. Ayyub lost his wealth. Ayyub lost his health. He lost his vision. He became handicapped. He had nothing. His wife, his wife, had to go and work in people's homes as a maid. So she can bring food to Ayyub, so he can eat. He could not even move. She would put the food in his mouth and he would just chew the food. And Ayub would always say, Alhamdulillah. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reveals all those chapters in the holy city of Mecca when the Muslims were tested, and they were tested severely. They were tested severely. Their iman was truly tested, and they kept, and the message is, you must keep going. You must say, alhamdulillah, count blessings and have faith in Allah. And Allah says, in shakartum, this is a law Allah makes. If you are thankful, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will increase in his bounties. And another law in the Quran, Allah's law says, after every difficulty, inna ma'al usri, no difficulty lasts, even for Ayub it didn't last. Even for the Muslim community of Mecca, it didn't last. It all passes. During the period of difficulty, we must be patient, we must observe sabr. So this is the very first thing that we must understand about this chapter. Five chapters in the Qur'an begin with Alhamdulillah, all sent in Mecca, all have this primary message within them, primary lesson within them, that when it comes to difficulties, make sure you're amongst the first people to thank Allah. Number two, Allah says here and in the four other chapters, especially in the first chapter, Surah Al-Fatiha, Al-Mubarakat Al-Fatiha, Allah begins and says, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Alhamd. There is a difference between Hamd and Shukr and Alhamd. What is the difference? You see, Hamd is being thankful. And we must be thankful to those who do good to us. We must learn, teach ourselves, teach our children, teach those around us, to thank those who do good to us. And sometimes we're not just thankful by saying thank you. No, we have to go out of our way to be thankful. We have to demonstrate our gratitude. And we have to be thankful to anybody who has done any good for us. For example, amongst the areas where we have to be thankful is we have to be thankful to this country. Why? Why do we have to be thankful to this country? Do we have to be thankful to this country if they were Muslim? No. Rasulullah sent the early Muslims to Abyssinia, Habasha. And they were thankful to the king of Abyssinia. Why? Because he was Muslim? No, because he was a good king. Because he was the man who embraced them, he gave them refuge, he took care of them. There they had freedom. So Rasulullah was also thankful to them. The Muslims were thankful to him. How about our Muslim countries? They have Islam in their name, in their identity. But do they give you freedom to practice? Do they give you equality? Do they give you freedom of speech? Is there something called freedom of speech? No. Is there something called justice? No. Is there something called human dignity? Is there something called human rights? No. None of them. It is one person who enjoys human rights in our Muslim countries. That is the ruling party and those surrounding the ruling party. Yes, they enjoy freedom, they enjoy justice, they enjoy liberty, they enjoy wealth, they enjoy health, they enjoy health care, they enjoy everything. Nobody can speak to them. Nobody can touch them. Nobody can harass them. But when it comes to the other people, the average people, do they have freedom? Can they speak? Can they give their opinions? No. So we think, we must be thankful to this land. How are we thankful? By being good citizens. And by having an input in making this country a better place. By supporting the health system, by supporting the educational system, by creating groups that bring more harmony and understanding amongst the citizens of this land. For example, amongst the most beautiful and important things that we must engage in is interfaith work with other Christians, with other Jews, with Hindus, with Buddhists, doesn't matter. As long as we get to know each other, we respect each other, we understand that we live in harmony with each other, that's important. Because this does not happen elsewhere. But you can do it in this country. Also, not only with people outside the religion of Islam, people within the religion of Islam. Muslims in the Muslim countries are busy killing each other, are busy fighting one another, are busy accusing one another. But here we have a chance to become brothers the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to be. إِنَّمَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ إِخْوَةٌ Make peace amongst your brethren in faith. And this is an amazing gesture if we were to take part in it. And visit other Muslim communities in the month of Ramadan for iftar. Invite them to our community for iftar. Let us break bread. Let us come to an understanding of respect. So, we must show thanks and gratitude where it's due. One area that people show thank, thanks and gratitude is to their parents. Those parents that when, since we were babies and for your mother before, you were born, she began to carry you and care for you and show her love to you until now whether you're 50 years old or you're 5 years old or you're 15 years old, it is this mother that day and night she gave her life for you. More than the father. How so? They say a man went to complain in front of a judge. To take custody of his child. So, The judge told him, why do you want to take custody of the child? He says, he is my son. He carries my name. He carries my name. The mother says, I carried him with difficulty. And I gave birth to him with difficulty. You made him with pleasure and now you only enjoy him you enjoy his presence but i am the one that goes through the difficulties and the pain so that is why and she says you 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 your part of the job was several minutes mine was nine months i carried him for nine months I took care of him for nine months in my womb. And then I delivered him with pain. So this mother, should you not be thankful to this mother? Should you not show your gratitude to your mother on daily basis? With love, with compassion? Yes, sometimes our mothers, they become upset and they lose it with us, you know? But that's okay. Okay. We have to be patient. وَلَا لَهُمَا أُفْنْ وَلَا تَنْهَرْهُمَا Then with your father, this father that day and night he goes out and he works hard from the morning until the night. And at night he thinks of your future and your well-being and how to bring you an honorable life. A dignified life to pay for your bills and to pay for your college and pay for your medicine. And he doesn't understand a day off, a weekend from a weekday. It's all dedicated to you, his family, his children, his offsprings. Should you not be thankful to him? So we thank our parents. We thank our teachers. We thank our mentors. We thank those who protect us. We thank those who help us and aid us. We thank many people. But Allah says, Alhamdulillah. Glorification and all praise is due to Allah. Why? Because when you thank your parents, you're also thanking Allah. When you thank your teacher, you're also thanking Allah. When you thank those who protect you, you're also thanking Allah. When you think, for example, you are thankful to your country and your land, you're also thankful to Allah. Why? Because He's the creator of, creator of them all. He's the creator of your parents. And He's the creator of your teachers. And He's the creator of your guardians. And He's the creator of this land. So all thanks and gratitude is traced back to the Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Himself. Because we cannot do anything without the power invested in us by Allah. If somebody's helping you today, if somebody's teaching you today, if somebody's your guardian or your parent or your mother or your father, it is by the power invested in them by Allah that they became parents and now they're taking care of you and they're able to go to work and they are able to bring sustenance to you. So we thank them, and by thanking them, we are thanking Allah. That's one. Number two, Hadith of Rasulullah. A famous Hadith from Rasulullah says, "Man لم يشكر المخلوق لم يشكر الخالق." If you're not thankful to Allah's creation, you're not thankful to Allah. Meaning what? Meaning you have a teacher; he teaches you. He puts time and energy and and then you say, they tell you, you have to be thankful to this teacher. Say, why should I thank him? I thank Allah. I only thank Allah. You have to thank this person who for example, gave you a gift or aided you or was kind to you or solved the problem. No, I only thank Allah. This is not the case. You thank the person And by thanking the person, you thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the discipline of Islam. This is how Islam has disciplined us. من لم يشكر المخلوق لم يشكر الخالق But Allah wants to make it clear, brothers and sisters, pay, pay attention to this. Allah wants to make it clear that thanking Allah is different than thanking the normal people, human beings. People that surround us. Why? Because people that surround us, if they help us, there must be a reason. We're either family, they like us, we're friends, they felt bad for us, they get this feeling of self-satisfaction if they help us out. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala helps those who like Him or those who don't like Him. Those who pray to Him and worship Him and those who pray to Him, do not pray to Him and worship Him. Those who uh, complain about God and those who praise God. All of them Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses. All of them He gives. So He says, give the gratitude where it's due to the Creator that does not differentiate between His creation and giving. Number two, when we do something good, we expect something in return. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala expects nothing in return. More importantly, no one helps out an enemy. No one is gonna go out of his way and say, I'm going to help out an enemy. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even helps out those who are his enemies with his blessings, with his ni'mah, with his... Generosity. And that is why we see the representatives of Allah also doing the same thing. How do we know they're genuinely the representatives of God? Because you find them, for example, also being generous and kind to their enemies. Abdullah ibn al-Kawwa' was a man who would curse Ali ibn Abi Talib in Kufa. He was famous for giving sermons, and those sermons contained the cursing of Ali ibn Abi Talib. And he would not come and take from Bayt al-Mal because Ali ibn Abi Talib was the Khalifa. But this man had children. This man had children. He had a family. They say that Amir al-Mu'mineen would take the money to him. And he would take the goods to his family and deliver them because this was their belonging from Bayt al-Mal. Even though someone who cursed him was against him, Amir al Mu'minin does not cut his dues from Bayt mal A person comes, Imam Hassan al-Mujtaba, he's sitting and he's delivering a class in Medina. And this happens to be maybe around the time of Muawiyah. Or... And then he stands in front of Imam al Hassan and curses him. Imam al-Hasan says to him, maybe you are traveling, he was a traveler, and you are thirsty, and you are hungry, and you need a place to rest, come to our home. Imam al-Hasan took him to his home. When he gave him food, when he gave him shelter, when he nurtured him, he told him, You know what you said about me and my father and my family? This is where Jibra'il used to come and sit. This is the place that Jibra'il would come and sit and he would bring the wahi to Khatamul Anbiya'i Muhammad. This is our home. This is the home that you belittled. The man, he was speechless. He didn't know what to say because he saw First, the akhlaq of anbiya. First, he saw the akhlaq of Ahl-Bayti Rasulullah, and then Imam physically showed him the location of Jibra'il and that home. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Thanking. The Almighty is much different than thanking the normal people. That is why He begins with Alhamdu lillah. Faatir al-Samawati wal-Arth. Jālil al-Mala'ika. Allah here makes a reference to Malāika, the angels. What does He say? Jālil ti rusulan uli Ajnāhati Mithna wa thulatha wa-Ruba. Discusses the strength of the malaika. Now we have several very famous malaika. Amongst them is Jubra'il. Amongst them is Mikael. Jubra'il, his job is to communicate with prophets. Bring the Wahi. Israfil is the one who will blow on the horn when. When everyone dies, he blows in the horn. And the time of resurrection, he also in the, blows in the horn. Azrael, alayhi salam, Malak al maut he's the angel of death. And then we have several other angels. Malaikatu wal Ruḥ. Ruh is also one of the angels. He is the angel that is responsible for that evening, Laylat al-Qadr. Some people believe he is Jibrail. Other people say no. He is a designated angel for that specific task of Laylat al-Qadr. And then we have, for example, al Jannah, Khaznul Nahr. Malik, Malik is the name of Khaznul Nahr. He is the Chief of the hellfire, He He's the manager of the hellfire. And everyone, it seems, everyone that ends up in the pits of the hellfire, wa Billah, wa billah, knows Malik. They know him. So they say to him, "Wana ya Malik. The people of Jahannam, they say, ya Malik, alayna rabbak. Tell Allah to kill us, to finish us, to end us. You will stay here. There is no death. You will stay here in this punishment. So Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala discusses the angels within this ayah. And then He says, He increases in His creation as He desires and wishes. What does that mean? The Mufassireen have said that Allah gives something extra to every person. And this is how He establishes His equality. What do I mean? Some, some people, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives them eloquence. Some people, Allah gives them a good memory. Some people, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes them great analysts. Sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes some people very smart. Other people Allah gives them a very strong body. Other Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala every person He gives him something extra. He gives someone, someone He gives him beauty, she, He gives him you know a beautiful uh, face for example. Other people no, Allah gives them a beautiful body. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala other people gives them a beautiful voice. Every person, Allah gives him something differently. Why? Because according to your nature and what is within, Allah who is your creator knows this is what you need to be successful. This is your task. This is your mission in life and this is your extra tool. This is your weapon. This is what you're going to win with. Allah gives you that. إِنَّ اللَّهَ عَلَىٰ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٌ Now when we come to the second ayah, ما يفتح, مَا يَفْتِحِ اللَّهُ لِلنَّاسِ مَا يَفْتَحِ اللَّهُ لِلنَّاسِ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opens the door of mercy for His people. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala within this chapter at many stages, more than any other chapter in the Qur'an speaks to the nas, to the people. So, in verse number two, go quickly through them. Verse number two, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, mayaftahullahulli nas. Number three, ya ayyuhannas. Verse number three, ya ayyuhannas. Verse number five, ya ayyuhannas. Verse number fifteen, ya ayyuhannas. And the last verse, walau yu'akhidillahun nasa bima kasabu. So Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala in this chapter discusses with the people with the nas meaning oh Muslims understand this message of the Quran as a universal one as a message for everyone let us come to the second page number 6 verse number 5 i'm sorry Allah says ya ayyuhannas with this we conclude 1 minute إِنَّ وَعْدَ اللَّهِ حَقِّ O you people, know that the command of Allah, the promise of Allah, the word of Allah is حَقِّ. It will happen. فَلَا تَغُرَّنَّكُمُ الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا وَلَا يَغُرَّنَّكُمْ بِاللَّهِ الْغَرُورِ إِنَّ الشَّيْطَانَ, إن الشيطان لَكُمْ عَدُوٌ فَاتَّخِذُوهُ عَدُوَّا إِنَّمَا يَدْعُو حِزْبَهُ لِيَكُونُوا مِنْ أَصْحَابِ الْ Sa'ir. So we discussed Hazbul Shaytan, Allah makes a reference to it here. But Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala, and for example, Surah Al An'am, verse number 494, He says, You have returned to us as we created you on the first day. Allah speaks to people who are still alive, who are still breathing. And Allah says, you have returned to us on the day of judgment like the day you were born. Why? Because Allah wants me and you to know that His wa'ad, His promise will take place. It is real. So He speaks of it in the present tense as as if it's happening now. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reaffirms this in the Quran. When Allah makes a promise, His promise takes place. Ya nas. Inna haq. Make sure you understand that the promise of Allah is one that will definitely take place. So when we read the Qur'an, let us look for those promises of Allah. And let us make sure we engage with them, we live them, we believe in them. Wassalamu alaikum